And we're live. And we're live. And we're live. So are we actually live? No, we're not live live. We're just like recording live. I gotcha. Yeah. No, I say live, but it's really not live. I should say we're we're just, we're recording. Gotcha. Yeah. I can do it live. You want to go live? No. 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 <laughs> we don't want to offend too many people yet. We'll get there. We'll There's get, still we'll, time. We'll get there. There's still plenty we'll of time. <laughs> we're throwing a disclaimer out there right now. Fair enough. That's fair enough. So what's been going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. Uh, enjoying the new job. Um, enjoying my four-day weekend. Uh, just trying to stay active in the rehab work. And, um, man, as much as I'd like to have a drink, I know I can't. Um, had some huge cravings on uh, Wednesday. Battled through it. But they only last like 15 minutes, Dave. So, and it's... It's how you interpret the the cravings and where they're coming from. You know, you kind of articulate a little bit where you're at, what your settings, and how they come about. And is what's funny is mine come about in the weirdest ways. Um, I had a craving, I don't know, about a month ago, and I was in Meyer, and I was on the like the pharmacy side. I threw bar soap in the cart, and all of a sudden, yeah. Craving came just on. a random craving. Yes, out of nowhere. Mm. I was having I was having a great day. Didn't argue with nobody. Um, yeah. So I just stayed on that side of Meyer for a little bit, and once it went through, I was I felt safe enough. I guess quote unquote safe enough to hit the the grocery side of Meyer. That way, I could pass that particular aisle. Um, but had one on Wednesday. Um, but just got through it. Lasted about ten minutes. Um, everything's going well. So when you have a craving like that, what is what is that like for you mentally? Like, do you try to go somewhere in a, some sort of mental space? Like, do you focus on other things? What is what is that process like? Um, it. I guess it depends on the. I guess it depends on the the severity of the craving. Sometimes I'll call somebody. Um, then there's times I just I'll. I'll think myself through it. Uh, it's just, I pay attention to, like I said, what my surroundings are, what's going on with me at that time. If I'm <clears throat> a little down for the day or, but they just come from nowhere. So would you say it's a stronger craving than like craving like food or something like that? Well, it depends on the person. Yeah. Cause you, you got people who have, who, who will who have that they binge eat so so it depends on the person right. um i don't necessarily starve for food so now when you get further and further away from like drinking like like for instance like i get cravings right like food cravings like i want right. like ice cream or something bad yes but the longer i go without eating something like that the less i want i crave mm. it the less i have that desire to eat something like that and if i do eat something like that then the cravings start to come back is that how it is for you when you're with drinking it can um i almost equate it sometimes like to um the further away you get from the last day of your drink is almost like the further you get away from Earth, the less gravitational pull you have. Mm. So the less, the further I get away from my last day of drink, the less pull I have towards it. But at the same time, Dave, um, we've talked about this at work numerous times. Um, a lot of my cravings came from negative self-talk. Um, I don't have that negative self-talk anymore. So I can be, 
in a room full of alcohol or around it and be absolutely fine. And I love the fact that um, if I'm with people, you know, a particular person and um, she wants to have a drink that night and I ask her not to, she's totally fine not drinking that night or not having a cocktail at dinner. So I love being able to have the strength to set down boundaries now for myself. So, yeah, that's probably one of the most important things, right? When you struggle with something is having people around you that are willing to support you in whatever it is that you, you need help with. Yes. Yeah. It, the support is awesome. But at the same time, you have people that we were, I was just talking about this yesterday with my son's mom. Um, you have people that want you sober, but once you get sober, they fucking hate it. <laughs> they fucking hate it, man. Um, it, it's like they almost do everything they can to get you not sober. And I've got a couple people of those like that in my life right now. So, mm. um, so I, I choose not to talk to those people. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's people that don't want to see you be successful in any way, anyway, in any way, anyway, whether it, it's being sober or or financially or anything anything yeah um they're just haters bad, bad. <laughs> I, I got one particular person um she's like you need to be sober for the kids you need to be sober for the kids you need to be sober for yourself and then once you're sober for yourself then it's everything hell and high water to get you back in trouble mm-hmm. yeah so i will not say no names <laughs> <laughs> So what, what else has been going on? It's been a while since I've seen you. Um, I mean, I see you here and there, but we don't really talk all that much. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I miss working with you, man. And our daily nonsensical conversations. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The, <laughs> the conversations we used to have. And I, I really miss having those with you. Um, but at the same time, I had to get out of that area. Um, obviously, for more reasons that came up later that I won't disclose on this podcast. But it was time to go. Um, I had to get out of that that position for me. Um, it's not that I couldn't handle the stress that was with that job. It's just I chose not to anymore, and I'm so much happier. Even taking a pay cut, it's just worrying about what's in front of me instead of, you know, 18 different jobs, 18 different people, 54 different personalities, bosses coming at you 14 different ways. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, do I miss hanging out and talking with fellow team members. I do, especially you in our conversations. Oh man, we had some great ones. <laughs> so, um, what else has been going on? It, it, it's, um, starting to really pay attention to what I'm putting into my body. Um, feeling better that way. Are you working out? Not yet. No, I, I know I say I'm gonna, but of course <laughs> I keep putting it off and, um, I want to get the uh, the LLC started. Still, it you know it's funny that you say people are you know they're scared of you being successful, but it's funny how your own mind plays that same trick. Yeah, it's fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fear. So. It's it's self doubt and self worth. Like you you don't know if you'll be successful enough, or you don't know like you're scared. Scared to take that step. I'm not saying you, but like it can be a factor. Oh, oh no, it's there's a little fear there. I mean, and I and also, you know, the fear of the responsibility that comes with being successful because mm-hmm. I think the responsibility will elevate a little bit. Um, stress, a lot more stress too. Yes, yes, and you know where I want to go with 
where I'm trying to do is, you know, help people. And so by me delaying where I want to get to is also delaying helping other people. So I'm kind of not only am I um, slowing that process down for myself, I'm slowing it down for other people. So I need to get on the ball with it and I will. Yeah. So let, let's kind of get into your story a little bit. Let's. 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 Where do we start? Where do you want to start? Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you want to go back to? Like when the drinking first started or just? Um, um, well, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. If you want. Okay. Um, Share as much or as little as you want. Okay. I don't care. I, might, I am not ashamed of my story anymore. Um, so back in 2015, I got caught having an affair on my ex-wife and yes but i'm not the only one out there that's has done it or is you know been in trouble for that and um i have forgiven myself for it but at that time um drinking really took off um for me and um it it uh took a particular person to like slap me in the face and tell me to stop and I went over two and a half years without drinking, was lifting weights really hardcore then. Then it um, got in the best shape of my life. And then eventually drinking came back. I thought I had it licked is, or had it, figured you had it. And um, no, it reared its ugly head again. And I got my first arrest and uh <laughs> Funny, 420, yeah. <laughs> April 20th. And weed was a not involved. April 20th right? of 2020, and weed was not involved. <laughs> um, funny, I was like, I was passed out on my own couch and got arrested, but. Yeah, you were telling me this story. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was passed out on my own couch. Um, a welfare, a well check was, not a welfare check, a well, a well check was called on me. Um, EMTs came in and at that same time when EMTs under my understanding is when EMTs come into your house, officers will follow them in for their protection. Well, I passed all their, their questionnaires. And so they still wanted to take me to the hospital and I didn't want to go. And I had to sign a refusal form. So when the EMTs walked out, the officers stayed in and I was going from my kitchen or from my living room to my kitchen. And when I was passing one of the officers, they asked me to take my hands out of my pockets. And so I <clears throat> took my hands out of my pockets, put them in the, uh, I guess, open handed form of like freeze, don't move <laughs> position. And I st was still trying to get past them because I was trying to get to the kitchen to get a drink of water is what you do when you pass, when you wake up from a pass out <laughs> officer decides to put his hand in my chest and start walking me backwards and said, you're going to go sit down on the couch. Well, um, after about the fifth push, fifth step of being pushed backwards, I decided to lock my leg and we made eye contact for about two seconds. And he, uh, Threw me to the ground, tackled me to the ground, and in the video, you can hear me, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? I did absolutely nothing wrong. I was passed out on my own couch. Um, they took me out and had proceeded to try and put me into the police cruiser, which was a Tahoe, and I was holding the door open with my left foot, <laughs> and I kept yelling at the officer, I want to speak to your superior. 
And at that time, um, he decided to put his hands around my neck and try and push me into the back of the, the police cruiser. And when he tried to slam the door, I kicked the door back open and it hit up in the knee. So I get arrested for felony, uh, felony assault on a police officer. Oh my gosh. So what was, what was the reason for arrest prior to that? Resisting, resisting arrest for, I don't for know. For being in your house. For being passed out on my own couch. That is so ridiculous. Who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> now the, the police officer that you had this encounter with, he also had previous or he had other incidences happen to him yes. where he was uh, being extremely forceful or using his, yes. like, yeah, yes, using his position in yes. ways he shouldn't have been. Yes. Um, I won't say it, his, I won't say the officer's name, but. But it is public, right? It, it is public. Yes. So, so we can look him up. We could if we want to. It. Um, he was actually he got pulled over for um for pull he got he got in trouble for pulling over a young black teenager into wit at the tailgaters, and he pulled his gun on him. He was off duty and out of dur- jurisdiction. See, why would you be doing that? Why would you? You said he followed this this kid, right? Yeah, that's, that's just what I read. All right, so Lansing State Journal. Judge orders DeWitt police officer to stand trial for chasing, pull, oops, pulling gun on black delivery driver. That's the one, right? Yep. I believe he's delivering newspapers, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what it says, Dave, on the uh, article there? <clears throat> uh, let's see here. St. John's, a judge ruled Friday there was enough evidence of for a DeWitt police officer to stand trial on charges of misconduct in office and felonious assault. The charges stem from a January 14, 2021 incident where off-duty DeWitt police officer, uh, should I say his name? No, let's leave it out. accused of following a state journal, Lansing State Journal newspaper delivery driver from his neighborhood, pointing a gun at him and pursuing him to a nearby gas station where he again pulled his gun on him. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel charged uh, blank <laughs> in April <laughs> with misconduct in office, uh, which, you know, we can say his name because it is in a public article. This is the Lansing State Journal. You know what? But, I, I don't care. Let's say his But name. they can they can just go and read it if they yeah, want they, to. Yeah, they can know? read it. They'll, they'll, your, your audience will read it if they want. Yeah. I'm not going to throw it. Let's not throw his name out there, but it is public. Um, Michigan, okay, charge... Uh, this officer in April with misconduct in office, a felony firearms enhancement and felonious assault. Voris had an attorney to follow <laughs> blank, uh, the 19 year old driver, <laughs> nor to pull his gun on him. Oh, wait. Had no authority. Okay. Um, the defendant never had to follow him and never had to pull into that gas station. Um, Mr. Hamilton was driving away, but he chose to do it anyways. Yeah, so that's crazy. So he just chose to see, like, he's seen a black guy and was like, I'm going to follow him. Yes. <laughs> like, why? But, what? And the, this is the same officer. Oh, this is what led to Vorce. I'm just going to say his name. What the, led to Vorce drawing his gun? This is the same officer that put, literally put me in a chokehold. And then. For no reason. And then put his hands around my neck. Because I went, because I was passed out on my own couch. And he decided to tackle me because I wouldn't sit on my couch. Wow. And I wasn't, I didn't show no force to, 
I didn't even say a word to the cops. That I didn't even say a word to the officers in my house at this point. Isn't it kind of a weird thing that a police officer can come into your house and tell you what to do in your house? It's fucking insane. Like, why are they it's allowed insane. to do that? Like, it's not like there was some sort of situation to where you were causing some sort of violence or you were like domestic. There was a domestic there was abuse no, situation. Nothing like, like that. Nothing. Nothing. You're literally just passed out and they're like, you need to sit on the couch. Yes. And it was almost like looking back at the video, I because there's two, there's two or three different um, body cam. I saw two of the three, and it was almost like they were looking for something to arrest me before the EMTs even started what they were doing. Because mm. one one of the officers were like, "Can we get him with child neglect or child endangerment?" Because I was drinking in my own house as my daughter was doing in school because of the COVID. Wow. So how, how long did you go to jail for, for that? I was in jail overnight. I was put on probate. I was in jail for about 18 hours that day. Um, I was put on probation for a year. And at that time I was not ready to stop drinking and I don't care what you say. And I've even, um, I don't, I will argue up and down. You cannot be ordered sober. Um, I continued to drink on probation. Didn't care. I did not care. Every time I had, not every time, but I would say 80% of the time that I had a urine test, Dave, I was diluting my pee. (laughs) (laughs) I was peeing straight water. And as for some of your audience out there, you know, when you have to go do that, they want color in your pee. And I did not care. And then my second arrest came in later that year, that same year, it was in November. And I had gotten pulled over for a DUI. So and then I went by, that was my second probation violation. So I had a probation violation before that went to jail for five days. Cause that's, I think that's the standard. And then uh, after that, my probation got revoked, went to jail for 50 days. And then I was free after that. And then were you wanting to be sober after that? I stayed sober for 20 months after that. I didn't start drinking again until July of last year. I had one beer when I was on a two-and-a-half-week road trip. I had one beer, and <clears throat> when I got home is when it took off. So I would say about – it was about a week into that two – we'll say it was two weeks. It was about a two-week road trip. So about a week into it, I had one beer. Didn't have another beer after that. And that, but it, when I got home, it really took off. So my thing is, is Dave, is that I could have sit here and have a drink with you right now and be mm-hmm. fine with one. Right. It's what happens next Saturday mm-hmm. and the following Saturday after that. And is it circumstantial? Like you could have a bad day and be like, I just need a drink. And then it's from there, it's like a slow, steady decline. Well, nowadays I could have the shittiest of shit days and not want to drink because I don't have that negative self-talk in me anymore, like where I'm a bad person, bad dad, just overall right. bad human being because right. I know that's not true. I know I'm a great dad. I know I'm a great person. I'm a great human being. So all those all those factors that were in that was running through my head before, um, I wasn't really a social drinker, quote unquote, like they like to say. Yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I can be around it people doing doing their thing it's just i'm fine because i know i'm not that shit dad i'm not that shit person i'm not that shit human being you know what i mean and then um 
and it just it it really spiraled last year and um it got really 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 bad i was i had friends coming over there was puke everywhere you know everywhere food everywhere just i turned into an absolute slop (laughs) (laughs) when i'm drinking um and i don't remember i literally barely barely remember the month of september last year um i remember you messaged me during september (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't remember um it's funny that because I remember talking to you about that, and it's funny because my closest friends, when I text them when I'm drinking, they know. Yeah. It's, just from texting. Yeah. And I've got two people in my life right now, um, my daughter, Danica, and my good friend, Julie. I could just say the word, the, and they know if I've been drinking or not. In text or in person? In person. Wow. I could literally say the word, the, and they'll call me right out. You've been drinking. Just the way you say it. Yes. Wow. So, and it's important though to have people like that that know you so well that because then it kind of helps keep you accountable too, because you know you can't hide it. Right. Right. Well, and and I'm at a point where I'm keeping myself accountable now too. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's awesome to be where I'm at now. I love it. I was just telling somebody the other day, I love being sober. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm getting everything back fast. Um, I'm even, I, I'm noticing it everywhere. Um, when I get up in the morning, how fast I get up. Um, the quality I, of life qual- is so much better. Everything, everything in life. Um, I'm noticing, even on the golf course, um, how my st- I haven't even started lifting weights and my strength is coming back on the golf course, stuff like that. Um, I feel stronger now than I did even five years ago and 49. So you're 49, 49. Dang. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, um, going back to last year, there was, I'm not suicidal, never have been, never wanted to hurt myself, but, there was a few times in September, Dave, I didn't care if I woke up or not. And I've told you this, you know, it's like, didn't care. I didn't care. Let it go. It's time. I don't care if I wake up. And it's it's sad to be in a place like that. And unfortunately, there's there's a lot of people out there like that, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that's dealing with it. It's, it's crazy. The numbers that you hear, um, 60% of our population deal with it directly or indirectly. Yeah. It's that's in, I'm sure that number's lower or I'm sure that number's higher now. There's a guy at work that, um, his, you know who he is, but his dad, uh, just tried drinking himself to death. Okay. Yeah. The, the one that was in your old team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Really? Yeah. It was bad. I guess like he ended up in the hospital. He might still be in the hospital. I think it might've been in a coma or something. I'll have to reach out to that particular individual and just let them know I'm thinking about him and his family. Yeah, it's crazy, though. Like, just, I mean, because, like, I don't understand that mindset because I've never been there. I've, I've never had addiction problems like that. And, like, to the point where it's almost like a demon, right? Like, it just takes over your mind and you just want to. It's the only. It's it, got to be like an inner battle, right? I, like, with self and with this demon. It's, I believe it's the only. Alcoholism is the only, I believe, the only addiction out there that makes you, that tells you you don't have a problem. 
I could sit there and drink a fifth a day and tell you, and literally I could drink a fifth of vodka or whiskey yesterday or today, and then mm-hmm. either today or tomorrow wake up and tell you I don't have a problem. But is that you just not really focusing on it? Because like, you know that you're you're letting other people down by by doing that, right? Like you know that people are not happy with you. You know that it's like a self worth issue, but right? You get to a point where you don't care, when right? You, when you get to you, but, you start drinking, you get to a point you don't care because once you hit that spot a little bit, then all all your stresses go away, and then now you're just now you're really going for it and. It's when you wake up the next day, you're like, oh, fuck. Who did I text what? Or who did I say to what? And then. That's when all that. Then, then then it's like, all right, I need to drink again. So these feelings go away. Right. And it just, right. it's a perpetual cycle. Right. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. So is there a point in time when it becomes like a battle between this demon that you have inside you? the uh, the desire to want to drink and the desire to just wash everything away and then you're like your yourself like your your inner self knowing that you're hurting people and you you're hurting yourself and that that you have all this regret and all this and it's like this battle and you just like you're just like fuck it I just need to I just need to end it so I'm just going to continue doing this yes yes um it took it took me going to rehab four straight months to figure this out yeah you were like Every month, <laughs> yes. I, like that, you would call me, and be like, "I'm I'm heading back." I'm heading back. Uh, let's see, man. Thank God for. Oh my gosh, funny story about that. You were. I remember one time you called me. It was like nine o'clock at night. I don't even know if you remember. I think I might have told you after, but it was like nine o'clock at night, and you're like in the hospital. You're like, I'm waiting to go back. And then you're telling me all these, all these things. I honestly don't even remember what you talk, you were talking about, but you're swearing and <laughs> you kept apologizing to the people in the lobby. I don't know if they were looking at you whenever you said something that was offensive, but you would swear. And then you'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I remember that. Um, that might've been my second round going back. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll get to that one in a second, but I got to I'm a I'm going to put a big thank you out there to, you know, some very close friends of mine, Alex, Julie, um, Devin, Anthony. Um, I don't know if they'll hear this or not, but I've told them thank you numerous times, but and then even just the guys at work, you know, you know, people like you, thank you and then, you know, even upstairs in the human resources or labor relations, the union and, you know, Leonard King, Scott Macy, all them guys for initially getting me into Skywood. Um, I was in there for 28 days. The first time got out, had bad 12 days. Well, I was good for the first five then had a bad, it was bad after that where I checked myself back in for 32. I was out for 10, went back in for another 32, had another bad one or two went back in for five and here we are um unfortunately the first two times I went in I think I was working on not I think I know I was working on getting sober um but I you work I you get sober every day it's just you drink again right third time I went in there working on recovery and 
when you have that mindset of working on recovery, then things tend to slow down and look a little bit differently as you're taking these classes, you know, seven hours of class, seven days a week for 32 days. Mm -hmm. Things make sense a little bit more. Were you covering the same material that you would cover the, the first time you went in or? Yes, but it was being said differently too at the same time. But okay. at the, at, on that third month, Dave, I was hearing it differently. Um, <clears throat> Were you taking it more serious? They changed up my whole team. Um, so you go in there, you'll have a therapist, you'll have um, <clears throat> instructors, um, you'll have a patient care coordinator, and my whole team got changed up. First two months, I had the same therapist, counselor, whatever you want, whatever you hear, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. same patient care coordinator, everything got switched up. So I told my therapist the third time I went in there, you, you know, you go in there and you're kind of bullshitting your way a little bit. <laughs> you're telling these guys what they want to hear, but they know, right. They know, right. They know you're bullshitting, you know, they, you know, <laughs> so that, that third time I went in there, um, Laura was like, how do you want me, how do you want to do this? What was, what's great about Laura? She's like, um, do you care if I swear? And I'm like, I would fucking love it if you swore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, she goes, well, how do you want to handle this? I said, I need you to turn my brains into a big old bowl of spaghetti and let's figure this out. And she, Laura absolutely did that. And, um, she got me to the point where everything that I was, that was kind of holding me back, I got past that. And it was everything I was ashamed of, you know, on my arrests, my, um, drinking so much where my, you know, people were pulling themselves away. I wasn't pushing them away. They were pulling themselves away because they didn't want to be around me during that state. And so once it's, I, it's one, difficult when you're, um, watching somebody drink themselves or not even just that, but like doing something that is harming them and you love them and care about them. It, it's hard to watch that. And I don't know that, you know what I mean? Right. I only know my side. Right. And but it feels like they're they don't want anything to do with you, right? Yeah, yes. And so my kids had to pull away, and that's what they did. Self preservation. Yes, but now they're back in my life, full, full force, full, yeah, full core, everything. Uh, actually, going to be going golfing with my daughter today after the podcast, and Hell yeah, nice. so got a coffee from her on the way, on nice. the way here. So she's doing good. Every everything's. It's funny how everything comes back. Fast, faster than what you think it would. Yeah. But that's, that's me. I'm sure it's not going to be that way with everybody. Well, you got to put the work in too. Yes. Yes. And they, and you know, people in my life don't want to hear it. They want to see it. Stop feeding me bullshit. I don't want to hear the bullshit. I want to see it. Right. And they're seeing Fruit. it. Yeah. They're seeing it. And, um, I have a couple people that I was in rehab with that, I talked to on a normal basis and a couple of them just went back and I'm proud that they went back They're, You know, they're, we talked on their way in, they're ashamed and feeling embarrassed and man, I couldn't be, I wasn't, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about having an addiction. And, um, I, I don't know you, your audience. I don't know if they saw me on the news or not a few weeks ago, but there's nothing to be ashamed about. And I told them guys, I was proud of them and I love them and I do love them, you know, and I am proud that they're taking the strength to get back in there. What news channel were you on? Channel six. 
I never even watched that. Uh, you can keep going. So, but I lost train of thought. Well, you're talking about people pulling, pulling oh, away yeah. and yes. And just getting, you know, everything's getting back. Even, even like my word at work has come back. You know, everybody is respecting mm-hmm. me again, you know, the bosses and, um, here I am. I, when I came back to work in February, I felt like I pissed away 26 years of having a good name and letting my work prove it. And sure enough, man, I, I, my held, my head was, I was holding my head high walking back to work, but at the same time I was embarrassed, but man, the love and hugs I got that first day back, it was awesome. Well, most people want to see you be successful, right? Right. Most people want that. It's it's the people that are closest to you that don't want that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're not, clo- not the necessarily the closest, but you know what I mean? They, they like, know, they know your, they know your, your most inner selves and your, what you're, what you're capable of. They don't want you hitting that, that full capabilities. And it's funny how you got haters out there like that. I think that's it right there, Dave. Once it plays. <clears throat> so I I feel really good where I'm at in life and I'm excited where it's going. Um, we've talked about this, what I'd like to start and um, where I want to go to be able to help people and even, you know, start this apparel line to be able to donate the profits back to where I did my recovery work. That way it could be handed out to people who can't necessarily afford maybe their full recovery some of it can get paid for and i would love to do that hundreds of people are on the capitol lawn right now to put an end to drug related deaths it's our top story at noon hello everyone and thank you so much for watching today i'm kiera lake united to face addiction members are currently hosting their sixth annual drug abuse rally and their goal is to educate and empower people to say no to drugs kyle macon is here for you now live from the rally and kyle what is their message this afternoon Kira, they're saying enough is enough. Let me, can, I don't know if this is the one I was on or not, but let me. That over 3,000 people lost their lives due to overdoses, which is three times higher than the amount of people who had died in car crashes. Many people. Of course. You need to pay your internet bill. The rally say say that why they're seeing more overdoses than before is because drugs are now being laced with fentanyl. At the event, over 80 organizations were there to educate people what resources are available to them. Dozens of former addicts spoke to the crowds to share their story of recovery in hopes to inspire others. One person there says that addiction can happen to anyone and you shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help. I just sent you the text of the clip that where okay. I was on, so I just forward that to you by way of text. Yeah, the Wi-Fi down here doesn't work that well. I have a, a Wi-Fi wireless thing, and it, um, or it's a enhancer, and for some reason it went out. So I used to, ha- I have a direct like hookup, but it doesn't work that well down here. It's frustrating, but but yeah, it was. Uh, I I. I did the inter- so, I did the interview and it was what was crazy is I had golf league that day 
And um, sure enough, about quarter after six, I got bombarded with a ton of texts when I was on the golf course. Everybody seen you on the news? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But what was awesome too, Dave, is that um, a few of the texts were like, it was so good to see you, you know, because I admitted right on air that, you know, there's, this is what I deal with. You know, I deal with alcoholism. Um, it's right down the clip. I deal with alcoholism. I've been dealing with it really bad for the last eight years and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. And there's people that want to help. And there is people that want to help truly help, help you not for their own gain, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, unfortunately some people out there to help for their gain, not for somebody else. And, but that's not me. I'm here to help and not for my gain at all. Um, once we get close to ending this, you know, I'll put that email out there and, um, you know my phone number, so if people contact you and they want to get my phone number, um, give it to them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that. And it was awesome because a couple of those people are like, they were telling me what they were going through. And it's stories like that that also helped me stay sober as well. Right, um, right. I think I text you. I wore a shirt out in public that said, <laughs> ask me how I got sober. And man, I got stopped five times that day. I got one right at GNC and then like four times at the DeWitt Meyer, I got stopped. So if you guys ever see me out there wearing that shirt, (laughs) (laughs) ask me and I'll tell you, let's talk. Oh, definitely a conversational starter right there. Yes, it is. It is. But I love it. I love it. I don't, I don't shy away from it. Well, I think so many people struggle with addiction in not just alcoholism, but in everything, like even eating, eating is probably the number one it's fucking bana- addiction. It's yeah. fucking bananas. Cause like one of the instructors, I don't want to I'm not going to say no names, but one of the instructors at, um, Skywood, um, anyway, <laughs> one of the instructors at my rehab, um, she sat up there and she was, uh, she, she sat there and told us, I can't figure out why you guys want to drink yourself to where the point you want to puke and pass out. She goes, but you don't understand that I'll sit here and eat, you know, six Big Macs till I'm puking. And I, in my same mind, as I'm sitting in class listening to the instructor, I'm like, you're right. I couldn't, I want to get, I want to throw up just thinking about eating six Big Macs. Yeah. You know, no you, you know what I mean? But it's this, is what's, whether it's food, drugs, or caffeine, it's it's hitting the same reward, the, the same reward pleasure zone, you know what I right. mean, in the brain. Right. So um, you get that. I might be getting my <clears throat> words mixed up right now, but you're getting that same dopamine release yep. as from alcohol to food to drugs or, you know. Um, I wanted to look up the eating disorder rate. So the United States is number one. No way. Yeah. So 30 million. Here, I'll pull it up on the. So the United States has 30 million number of people who with eating disorders. United Kingdom comes in at 1.25 million, Australia 1 million, and Canada 800,000. Okay, now is eating disorder con- now is this considered obese or eating disorder as like starving yourself as well? Uh, key okay. eating disorder statistics. Eating disorders affect at least 9% of the global population. 9% of the US population suffers from eating disorders. The percentage accounts for 28.8 million Americans. 6% of the people with eating disorders are diagnosed with the status of being underweight by healthcare professionals. Between 
28% and 74% of people that are at risk for high, or for e- getting an eating disorder get it from her her or heritability or as a genetic right. trait from their family. Uh, of all mental illness, eating disorders are one of the most fatal with 10,200 deaths occurring every year by the percentage by the percentages this is higher than the people that die from opiate opiate overdoses. Now that could be where they're under eating and overeating is that is that yeah that's saying? that's all considered an eating disorder i guess so um but you know it, you know it's it's crazy is that um i might i'm i'm not very knowledgeable on this the overeating part but the stuff the other health issues that come with that were diabetes and stuff like that and you know the heart disease and you know and it but it's what makes it you know, you got fast food on every corner, and it seems like nowadays it's just easier to order up a couple of value meals and yeah. cook. Well, and it's almost cheaper, too. It, 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 I was just going to say that, Dave. It's cheaper. So there's this guy. He lost so much weight. I, I seen an article this week, and I'm trying to find it. It's incredible the amount of weight he lost. But, like, he has all the skin hanging. Like, it's it's insane. Like so it, he needs that surgery. Too. Yeah, he needs this. I think he actually had the surgery. Trying to remember what his name is. Um, hold on a second. And, and just from you know me, also from me when I, from me stop, stop drinking. I've lost thirty five pounds myself. Just from drinking. Well, because you tend to eat a little bit more shittier when you do eat. Yeah. You know there there was times that I would go days without eating because I'd try to get all my nutrition from alcohol. What kind of sense does that make? I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, you're ordering just you're, you eat bullshit the bullshit you eat what was your go-to like taco bell it didn't it didn't matter it, it it depended on the time of day and how long i wanted to wait um how you know a lot of times i had a lot of pizza delivered so i wouldn't have to drive mm. at least you're responsible and didn't try re- yeah i'm a responsible <laughs> drunk <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish i could remember his name but like I said, man, it's great. It's great having everything back, you know, and the best ability I can have by being sober is the availability. Yeah. Because if I was yeah. drinking, if I was still drinking now, Dave, and we scheduled this podcast for today, I would say it might have been an 80, 20, maybe 90, 10 in the higher percentage of me not making it. Mm. I probably wouldn't have invited you on. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, he's not going to show up. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I can't remember this guy's name. But, you know, it, and like, you know, I enjoy now I, my kids are contacting me on the, on the regular. Um, I went up and hung out with my son and his husband yesterday and, oh my gosh, how fun was that? I mean, cracking jokes all afternoon. Oh, you want to hear a joke? <laughs> I got some jokes for you. All right. Why did, uh, why did Susie fall off the swing? Why? Cause she has no arms. Knock, knock. Oh my God. Knock knock. Who's there? Not Susie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Dad jokes. So my then me tells me this joke. He goes, Dad, what's the difference? This is my son. What's the difference between peanut butter and jam? I can't peanut butter my dick in your ass. Oh my god. <laughs> so this is a this is the jokes that are going back and forth. And 
Yeah, I, I'm sure not every father and son has that type of relationship, but <laughs> you know what I mean? This is me and my son. We make fun of people. We make fun of each other. That's important. Um, That's- um, we went to, uh, and is what's great too is my daughter was up at Central yesterday watching her boyfriend do seven-on-seven seven tournament for football for DeWitt. This is the uh, guy. I've lost, I have so much loose skin after losing 360 pounds. I need five surgeries to remove it. He was nearly 600 pounds. Look at this. Holy shit. Right? This guy's jacked. Doesn't even look like the same guy. No. But look at that. So this is just proof that you can overcome whatever you're, I mean, obviously there's people that overcome addictions all the time, but to get that big, you have to have some sort of eating disorder. You can. Look at that. Wow. This dude needs, yeah. This dude is insane. Like, I mean, the amount of weight that he lost is incredible. Now, now, did he lose it fast? Is that why the skin is like that? Or I'm not sure. Or is it because he was so big that it didn't matter? I wonder. I don't think it would matter, honestly. Um, I think regardless, he, I mean, because you can only put on so much muscle. Right, unless you're gonna take steroids and just get roided up, juice to the gills, and look like the Rock, like I mean, you would have to fill that skin. But isn't skin elastic? Yeah, but I mean, not that much. That's six hundred pounds. Six hundred pounds. What did he get down to? I think it was like two something. Holy shit! He was eating five thousand calories a day via chips, cheeseburgers, whole pizzas, and soft drinks. Twelve packs. Wow. Uh, exercise left him out of breath. He bristled at the thought of beach days or water parks at, and blamed his lack of motivation for the end of his seven-year relationship, despite efforts to save it. I would always put on ha- a happy exterior because that's what a lot of big people do, but I was a pretty lonesome, lonely person, he explained. You don't want to go to anything because you don't want to have to worry about fitting in the chairs and worrying about having to walk very far. What you're going to wear... Um, Procasta started his health journey by walking just a few blocks a day, eventually traveling farther and farther each day while limiting his intake of sweet treats and savory indulges. The former chip addict drank... (laughs) Why did they got a word shit like that? The former chip addict drank more water, ate more protein, and now treks 10,000 steps every day, no matter what, along with frequenting, frequenting the gym and to lift weights. It's 10,000 steps. What is that? Is that? That's like four miles. Is that five? Yeah, something four, like that. Miles. I mean, we walk like at work, we walk on an average about 17,000 and that's about 10 miles. Okay. So, um, that's what my tether tells me every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so funny when people, like I said the other day, they were asking me, why are they wearing tethers? <laughs> it's so funny because like so, so many people comment on it and it's like, why is this? Why, why is this a point of discussion? Like, you've never seen somebody wear, like, some sort of fitness tracker on their leg. Do you know it, what a, uh, what is that? Is it a pedometer? That's what, that tracks your steps? Ped, pedometer. Pedometer. I think it's pedometer. Pedometer. I think. Yeah. But. Like, people don't wear that? Why do they care? Why does it matter? To them. It's not, they know it, it's, it's not a tether. <laughs> right. Get arrested once. They'll know. <laughs> I've seen people with tethers. They're a lot bigger. They're, they're a lot. Like, they're a lot bigger. And, not, and the band-aid Velcro. Yeah. 
I'm sure the Band-Aid Velcro. There was a guy at work the other day. He was like, what's that on your What's that on your ankle? And I was like, it's a Fitbit. And he's like, why do you have it on your ankle? And I was like, because it tracks your steps a lot more accurate than like my watch does. Yeah, you could sit there and, and swing your arm all day. And yeah, and it'll count. It'll, it'll count, count it. Or if like you're working, it'll count that too. And uh, I'm like, if it's more accurate on your leg. You don't have, I don't have to worry about it. And he's like, well, I'll just put it on my shoe. Why? <laughs> Why does it matter? Okay, good for you. Put it on your <laughs> shoe. Who cares? Go ahead. Take it. I mean, what are you going to do when you take your shoe off? I don't understand, but all right. But you know, it's funny. Is like when we were still working together in the same team, I don't know how many people asked you that. So many but, people. And then like, and now that when I'm in a different area and I'm working over by Amanda now, and then like when I walked in with you guys and, you know, you took that right turn and Amanda and I kept walking straight, but you know, Amanda was a few steps ahead of me. And, you know, like I said, upstairs is like, somebody's asked me, why do they wear tethers? <laughs> like, it's not a tether. <laughs> <laughs> we got to track each other. Like I'm a, like Amanda said upstairs, I'm going to start using that because they robbed banks. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to start embracing it. Like whenever somebody, because you know, like typically at work when someone's asking about something, it's because they ha- have something negative they want to say about it, typically. And it's like you, they're thinking something negative, generally. And so I just roll with it. And I'm like, it's a tether. And they're like, oh, it's not a tether. But it, and, but it's, and you know what's funny? It's like that with everything. Yeah. It's like that with everything. It, it, it's amazing how many people are so worried about other people. Other people. Yeah. It, and it feels good to be at a place where I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't. It's important to not care because, I mean, you could care so much to the point where you, like, change yourself to make other people happy just so you fit in. But then at the end of the day, you're still not happy. And then those people still will judge the fuck out of you. Yes. Or not only do they judge you. They put you down to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Figure your shit out. I mean, you see it all the time in there, in, in GM. It's There's so many hurt people in there. You know, like, you know, it, unfortunately, um, you know, I'm real close to somebody, and she's just trying to do her job, and <clears throat> some of the remarks she gets, it's it's unbelievable what she hears. And, um, I try to tell her on a daily basis. I'm like, just don't listen to it. You know who you are. You know who you're not. Just, they're just miserable in there. They're they're miserable at home and they're going to take it out on no matter who's in front of them. Yep. If if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. And that's the thing, like, because there's a lot of people that don't like our current group leader. And I'm like, he's just doing what he has to do. Like, you don't understand that he's taking orders from people that are on his throat, like telling him, Hey, you need to do this. And if you don't do this, like you're going to be in trouble too. Right. He doesn't want to do that. He likes the people that he's over. I'm sure. I'm sure he doesn't hate everybody. It's not his job. Like I, it's not in his job description or in his better interest to make sure that our life is a living hell every single day. But it, it's like, it he, would be more work for him. Exactly. Like he to, to shit on you than not to. Exactly. But, but it, that's it, his job. When it comes down to it, He's got to do what he's got to do for him and his livelihood. And if it's right. yep. writing somebody up because they're not doing their job. Or if it's or adding work or pushing add- work or like whatever it is, like it's it's coming from further yeah. up. It's not coming from right. him. And everybody takes that shit so personal. Like that, like it's that person. That person has an agenda and they need to fulfill it. And right. It's ridiculous. I'm a, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here, guys. It's not really a secret. If you don't want <laughs> you don't want work added to your jobs stay off your phones 
<laughs> when certain people are around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's why I got this watch. I got this. Oh, I, nobody can see it. I got the Apple Watch because I couldn't um, text while working, <laughs> and I felt like I was disconnected all the time. So I was like, "Well, I need to like be able to text people or call people." So I just, "Hey Siri, call or this person." Your kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Your kids, because you know, like, yeah, I even got, I even got something said to me the other day. I just had my phone out on on my little table at Jobs line side. I wasn't looking at it. It was I, actually, I believe it was flipped over, and the team leader came up and said something to me that one of the bosses had mentioned to him. Hey, just make sure the phones are put away. Like I'm not even looking at it. I'm not shutting the line down. Wow. Just leave me leave me alone. Yeah. I'm trying to listen to Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're into the crime shows? I'm into everything. Yeah. I'll listen to Dateline, 48 Hours, obviously Joe Rogan. Yeah. Or Rise, and I'll listen to Rising Above. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but if there's it, a there's a good uh, podcast. It's a local podcast. This lady does, um, but it's all about crime that happens in Lansing or like or around Mich- Michigan. Michigan, yeah. yep. Uh, yep. What's that called again? Dead Time Stories, I think. I think you're yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her name's. I can't remember her name now. I remember there was one she did for Lansing, and she was talking about going down here, and then I I could picture myself going down that road. Wow. As she was doing the podcast. That's crazy. So so how's everything going else with you? Good. Um, I kind of got burned out from podcasts for a while um, just because I was – it's always a constant thing. Like, it's always, like, trying to, like, find new guests. Not really find new guests, but, like – it's booking guests. It, like I do this whole thing by myself. So like editing podcasts, uploading, th- typing descriptions, all that stuff takes so much time. Thumbnails and pictures, social media posts, like all that. It's like a, it's this big involvement thing. Like I, I do it all the time. So I got burned out, um, stopped doing it for like a couple weeks. And then now I'm starting to pick it back up and I'm actually like going to be really busy here soon. <laughs> so I'm going to burn myself out again, but <laughs> Um, my goal is to hit 200 episodes this year. And so now when you feel that burnout, do you analyze what you did or didn't do? So you don't maybe feel as burned out. Um, I did for a while. Like I, cause there for a while I was putting an episode out like almost every single day during like, like every, almost every single day, every week I was putting an episode out. I would just record so many and, um, but now, or I would record enough to where I'd release like three a week or something, which is insane. That's an insane amount of podcasts to do. Like I've only done this for two, little over two years and I'm at a hundred and I'm almost at 150 episodes. I know so. you had days where you were, what are you doing tonight, Dave? Well, I got to edit three podcasts tonight Yeah, and I got to do two more tomorrow night. And yeah. Yeah. I knew you were doing a lot. Yep. You're doing a lot of episodes in a short amount of time. It seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was because, you know, I just, I want to get better. I want to get more efficient at it, get better at it. I want to, I enjoy doing it. It's fun when you can sit down and do it. It's therapeutic in a sense. But at the same time, too much can be a bad thing. You, you, have, to have, you have to have a balance. Absolutely. So, um, so now, you know, like I, I went to releasing one episode a week, uh, which helped a lot because then I didn't have to put so much focus on it. I could edit one get it ready to be released whenever I wanted and then just promote it like one or two days. And then I was done with it. Um, but now, 
now I have a couple that are stocked like in, in the bank and I need to release them and I'll probably start releasing like more than one episode a week again. Um, and now at 1.2, you were just, it seemed like recently, but maybe not, you were, you were meeting with a lot of business owners. Are you still doing that as yep, well? Yep. Yep. I, I meet with everybody. Uh, I have a bunch of politicians coming on here soon because we have an election coming up. So I reached out to all the, um, people running for city council, uh, in Lansing. And so I actually had one on already. I need to release that episode. And then I have everybody else coming on too. So, and that's in all in July. So it's going to be pretty crazy because those ones have to get out like right away. Right. So especially for them and yeah, their, I don't want to say their agenda, but kind their of, promotion they're, like they're, to help them. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what I mean by their agenda. So right. they, they can get their, their name and word out. Yep. And, but the thing is like with podcasting, it's one of those things that like you, in order to stay relevant, you have to keep doing it. You cannot take breaks. Right. You, you consistently, you have to be consistent with everything. And that's probably one of the hardest things as a content creator is making sure you stay consistent because I mean, life happens, you, you have kids, you have family, you, you have work, like you have all these other things you need, need to do. But, and content creation is so time consuming. So how's, how's that other endeavor going? Uh, the network. Yes. Um, that, that's also kind of been put on hold for a little, <laughs> a little bit, but, um, I've had a website being, I'm having a website be created. Um, it's actually created. I just need to work on it more and develop it, like kind of redevelop it a little bit and it's going to be a slow grow. You know, what's funny is like when I've talked to you about starting this LLC and getting the business going and the apparel line and stuff like that. When, when you get that word out there, it's amazing how many people want to help. Mm, yeah. Um, like the channels, just the people that the channels that have been afforded to me, like, Hey, I know a screen printer or mm. I know access to apparel, you know, so let me know when you're ready and <clears throat> we'll help you out. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And here I am. I'm like, fuck am i gonna do this but then i got people like you that are you know helping you know that are willing to help and yeah and it's awesome that there's people out there like you and other people that want to help right and that you don't feel so lost in it well and i think that's one thing like by doing this podcast and having all these other different business owners on is it allows you to for one have these connections with different people and it allows you to help help people so like you know, when you launch your, your business here soon, you'll be able to come back and promote that. Right. And like by, by doing that, it, it helps you, it helps me, it helps everybody. Right. And to see everybody succeed is always beneficial. Like it doesn't, it w I have an apparel line too. It would not take anything away from me to promote your apparel line. Right. It doesn't affect anything. Isn't that just, it's now that I've seen it, it's just crazy that people, it's almost like I, I was watching a documentary and, they call it the crab in the barrel or something like that is that one crab's trying to get out of the barrel to escape and <laughs> the, other succeed. One's the, the other one's pulling them out. But yeah. you have that in life as well. You got people that just yeah. want to keep you down, but then there's other people that's out there. They like, man, grab a hold. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's enough to go around for everybody. There is, Yeah. there is, you know, and there's a couple people that I, like I said, I talked to and you know, they're, they're, they're not drinking, but they struggle every day. And it's like, um, look, I'll help you pull your rope, but I'm not going to push your rope. Mm. Um, meaning I'll help, I'll help you do the work a little bit, but I can't do it all for you. Yeah. I can't. Yep. And I won't. 
I'm not gonna. I choose not. I don't have to, and I'm not gonna. You yeah, know I mean, well, but, I mean, but I'll I'll get in the trenches with you. Yeah, yeah, and you can only help somebody so much. Like I, that was a, another thing that I recently um, kind of had to come to terms to because I I've been um, responsible for a certain somebody for a very long time, and like financially, financially, I'm like in control of their money and um, had to kind of like navigate like their activities and stuff like that. And now it's like become such a pain in the ass for me, just because that person makes everything difficult. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's not serving me and they don't care. They don't care about themselves. They don't care about how it affects me. They don't care about how it affects my family. I just need to cut ties with it. Did you? I'm working on it. Working on it. Yeah. But for the most part, yes. You know, what's funny is I'm in the process of doing the same thing. Not funny. haha, but is what's sad is I'm right. in the process of doing the same thing. So not funny. What's sad is I'm in the process of doing the same thing. Cause I've got a particular individual in my life that just doesn't want me to succeed in any kind of way. And I'm at a point now where, you know what, if, if you're in my life and you're going to have a relationship, any kind of relationship with this particular person, I don't care who you are friend, family, I'll love you. But if you're going to have a relationship with this person, I can't control that, have that relationship with it, with them. But you know what? I'm going to have to put our relationship on halt for a little bit because now I see it as the, if you're not with me, you're against me. Mm. And for my own mental well-being, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, there's a, there's a quote. Um, hold on, I want to find it. Uh, yeah, it was Tupac that said it. Um, said, uh, I'm bigger than that. I still want to see you eat, just not at my table. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is I like that quote because you don't have to, you don't have to hate that person. You don't have to wish bad on that person. No. I would, but, no, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, but you still, you want to still see them be successful, but you don't just, you just cannot have them a part of your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. It could be, uh, be they, it could affect you in such a negative way. You just need to realize that, that it's not beneficial to have that person in your life. And is, and like I was saying, Dave, that, you know, the people in my life that want to have a relationship with this particular person, you know, I love these people to my heart and soul. But if you want to have any kind of relationship with this other person, I can't because it will, as much as I try to take myself out of it, it it's it's still bring, it, it's bringing me in and I can't stop it. So for my own well-being, it's like I got to put our relationship on halt. Right. Until right. you're done, then I'm still going to love you. Yeah. But I like that. You're you're just not gonna eat at my table. Right. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't wanna see I wanna see you eat, just not at my table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there is something else I was gonna say too, and I can't remember. So when so you you obviously plan on starting this apparel line. When do you plan on doing it? You know what? I'm a I'm gonna get off my lazy ass. So like I said, I'm going golfing with my daughter and um after 
after at four thirty today we're going golfing. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start it tonight. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the LLC started tonight. I've already got the you know as well as I do. I got the domain the domain name already bought. So yep. the, the once the website gets going, the domain name's already bought. So I'm gonna do it tonight. Nice. Get the LLC going, and then maybe next week I'll start looking into not maybe next week. Next week I'll start looking into trademarking some of the uh, quotes that you and I had talked about before today so yeah. that way nobody can steal my quotes <laughs> <laughs> but i think uh i think you should write write down like every day do one thing for the business that's what i did for the podcast and for my business and then that's actually how i ended up developing everything as a business like i was like i'm just going to start every day have a goal just one thing that's dedicated to the podcast, one thing that's dedicated towards like the business side of it. Right. And then that just eventually led into me starting the business and starting the apparel line. And well, like I said too, at the, you know, at the beginning of this, the more I put this off, I'm not helping people. Yeah. And I feel like that's what my purpose is now. You know, um, I can retire soon, you know, and I felt like I didn't have a purpose after retirement. So I was just going to work until I had 40 years in at GM. Well, yeah. You know, it's, well, I can retire when I'm 52, 53, turning just 53. And, um, but I didn't have a purpose, anything. What am I going to do after GM? And, and now I know, you know, so it's great to have that purpose. And if I'm not getting out there and grinding, I'm not helping nobody. Right. I'm only helping myself. You know, by yeah. just staying sober and I mean, that's great. I'm staying sober because I'm staying sober. Believe me, people in my life want me sober. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll never forget that one day you were just one day. I'd like to go through to see what <laughs> be in your head and see what you think about. And we looked at each other like, no, no, <laughs> but um, me putting this off, I'm not helping nobody. So yeah, tonight, I'll, tonight, on uh, what's today's date? The seventh, June seventeenth of two thousand twenty-three. I'll get the LLC started tonight. Because what is it? A mere three hundred bucks. I think ish. I mean, I think you could do it cheaper if you wanted, but yeah, ish. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, you won't regret it. I know I won't. Yeah. I know I won't. And I, it, that's what, as I sit here now and we talk about it, I can't believe I haven't started it. Well, the thing is, too, is like maybe, one, maybe it's that little me part of me that's scared of success. That part of it. Yeah. I mean, because it's uncharted territory, right? It You've is. never done it. I've never done it. Yeah. And it's but fearful. too, but it's awesome to know that what's coming is to help people. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. I uh, I think it's awesome. And I think you should eventually look into possibly coaching. Maybe some sort of. Um, Th- that's the plan too. Um, yeah. go back to school. I, I'd like to go back to school, get some social work in, uh, get some training done through, um, there's a couple of, uh, hand, hope not handcuffs and then fan family against hope narc- not handcuffs. Yes. And then there's another one called fan, which is families against narcotics. You can okay. do training through them. That way you can be certified to do that coaching. Um, I have a peer recovery coach myself. Um, his name is, uh, Sean. And we get together a couple times a month for food. And it's like having a AA sponsor, but without the steps. Um, but we talk at least once a week still to this point. Then we'll grab food. Nice young guy. He's had his trials and tribulations. And um, 
I think to be an effective recovery coach, you have had to been through, you've had to been through it in the trenches. And I think that I can do that. I know that I can do that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's something that like, I mean, when somebody hasn't gone through what you've been through and they're t- telling you like, you should be doing it like this. You're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, who are you to say? Well, it's funny too. like go and I hate to go back to work, but it's like people at work, it's, they're like, doesn't this piss you off? I'm like, man, do you know what I've been through? <laughs> Let me tell you what I've been through. All right. I've been through three arrests, about 80 days worth of jail Near death twice. Well, not, I ain't going to say near death, but I was knocking on death's door twice last year. I was on the verge of organ failure twice. You know, going to the hospital and you're, you know, whitish gray, your eyes are yellow. That means your liver's starting to shut down or is on the verge of shutting down. Wow. 100 days of rehab, you know, and you get back and you're just, I'm grateful. I am so grateful. And it's, you know, it's. Because you're coming out on the other side. Yes. And not many people do get get that opportunity. Right. right. And you know? like I, I want to help. I want to help save people. I want to help save families and you know, keep those families together. And if they can't stay together, at least they're alive for their for themselves and for their kids. Right. And their family. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you're 20 years younger than me, but man, I look up to you, you know, and it's. It's amazing where you can find your uh, motivations from, you know, and like you motivate me to like we were talking about the apparel line and, and just thinking, you know, talking about it with you at work. It's like then you looked right at me. You should do it. And I'm like, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. You looked right at me. Why not? I couldn't give you one good reason. Why not? So it's when like, I, I've never been the kind of person to just be like, I, I think I'm going to do, do, or I, I want to do this, but then I just don't like, if I have a thought and I, there's something I want to do, I just do it. It actually drives my wife crazy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, but, that's the thing. Like, why not? Why can't you do that? Like, if that's something that you want to do or something you desire to do, why not? What's stopping you? Your own brain. Exactly. Yourself. Your, your own brain. You're your worst critic. You're the biggest person in your way afraid of success yeah i mean I, for me i think it's i'm still a little afraid of success but i'm successful now and i'm not afraid of that you know what it, it's right. just it's funny how it works that way yeah and i mean success comes in so many different ways too it's not just financial it's like what does it give you emotionally and mentally and physically and i mean obviously su- financial success is a big thing but like as far as like what kind of like what, what kind of services are you offering other people that can help them that would benefit them the most? Right. That's success too. It is. Yeah. You know what? In some days just getting up, you know, for some people it's just getting up and taking a shower. That's a successful mm-hmm. day. And I'm, I think my lucky stars, I'm not in that situation. You know what I mean? Cause there's some people out there that suffer with that. Yeah. You know, depression, yeah, anxiety, say, depression, like, anxiety, you know? Yeah. Some people can't get out of bed and a good day for them is making it from the couch, you know, from the bed to the couch. That's, that can be a tough day for some people. Yeah. You know, I've been there and I'm glad I'm not anymore. And I am ready to help people go through, or I'm ready to help people through what I've been through. And I, I know I can be good at it. I mean, you're already good at it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) 
So when you have your website, what's it going to be called? Savageofsobriety.com. Savage of Sobriety. Yes. And uh, you'll be able to be on social media and Facebook and all that stuff. Yes. Um, actually, the I you helped me get that Facebook going with on that Savage of Sobriety. And then um, once I really get it going, then I'll get the Instagram going with that. And then as well as I know you said I had to get on TikTok and <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff I that's really foreign to me because I I've stayed away from social media for a reason. It's um, it's not for me. Um, it's not healthy to be on it. <laughs> um, I'm a I do uh, Twitter, but I only follow Dewitt Athletics, and that's for my daughter because she's a cheerleader there. Um, and I follow uh, Ryan Holiday. Those that's it. And that's it. Just the two people. Just or those two, the, just those two, two things. Yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I've got the Facebook going now, uh, but tonight I'll have, I'll get the LLC and once I get it, I will uh, screenshot it and send it (laughs) over to you to, Dave, look what I did. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, for your listeners out there, um, you can contact me at savageofsobriety at gmail.com. Reach out if you're looking for help. I can, you know, steer you some kind of way. We can talk. Um, get a hold of Dave, Dave, give, you know, you, you know, who maybe to feel free to give my number out. I just don't want to do it right. Right. Over this. Yeah. I'll let you kind of do that, but reach out to me, savagesobriety at gmail.com. Um, it's linked right up obviously to my phone. Um, my name's Ron Bancroft and I hope to hear from people, you know, I love to hear stories. I want to help people. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things too, for like overcoming, uh, addiction is being surrounded by people like-minded people that have yes. overcome some of the things that you've overcome. And that's the camaraderie of that is yeah, important. You, you definitely need, you definitely need a community of like-minded people. Um, because this is something you cannot do alone. You, you will not get through addiction alone. I don't care what it is, what addiction it is, whether it's food, drugs, alcohol. If you're trying to stop, you're you have to be in a community. You have to like you you have to surround yourself, Dave. Good point. Yep. All right. All right. All right, man. Is there anything else? No, man. Thanks for having me, man. I was I was nervous at first. Probably probably still am a little bit. I can't wait to come can't wait to come back on and let my hair down a little bit more. (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll wait till we'll wait till after November fifth. To come okay. back on because I know you know what date that is. And um, once I come back after November 5th and then the hair can be really let down and I can spray some bullets and <laughs> not have to worry about repercussions and stuff like that. So Sounds great. Yeah, like an hour in is generally when people start relaxing. Like if we could, if we could sit here for an hour prior and just like talk and then just hit record, then it would be fine. Most everybody feels comfortable like an hour in. And then that's when the podcast always gets better. I Every time. I sat here and I was on the way over. I was like, all right, do I talk to him like I'm at work? Or Yeah, you definitely should have. <laughs> but that'll be the next one. We'll, we'll get you guys laughing on the next one. And yeah. I, you know what? And I right now, and I don't know if I ever did this, but I know we were going to try and start a podcast last summer. And, you know, the drinking got in a way. And I don't know if I ever really apologize to you for for not and for kind of 
um, I don't want to say ghosting if that's the right word, but I kind of disappeared. So I apologize because I know we were really looking forward to starting that podcast oh. last summer. So I apologize that was for the least dis- of my worries. <laughs> I know, but for me, I want to say I'm sorry and I appreciate that. I don't know. Maybe it can happen in the future, but yeah, I, no, I, I, want, I would like to get back in here. You know, after November fifth, maybe beginning of the year, and then that's yeah, where I can feel like I don't have to filter some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right, cool, man. Thanks, Dave. All right, thank you. Thank you.